0: Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Youngmi Mayor.
1: And I'm Brian Park.
0: And before we begin our episode, we're going to do our Patreon shoutouts, our inappropriate Patreon shoutouts.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, for those of you listening, if you like our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Youngmi and I offer different subscription tiers with different exclusive benefits, but... At the bare minimum, any donation amount gets you a shout out on this podcast where we guess who you are based on your name alone and you might get upset. And my psychic upset. abilities. <laughs> and Youngmi's psychic abilities. Awesome. So me I think we're a little rusty with our Patreon shout outs. Are you ready for our first <sighs> name?
0: I'm ready. I, I, I'm ready. I can do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, our first shout out goes to... Grace Kim.
0: God, every week it's a Grace Kim. Every there's like, it's just Grace Kim's. (laughs) And then every week Brian's like, she sounds like a real estate agent. (laughs) <laughs> <We're>, well we <laughs> lost that one didn't we Brian? grace kim just unsubscribed violently i, I heard her clicking her computer it's <laughs> the cycle of life
1: it's the cycle of life we lose one grace kim because they're upset about the real estate guests and then we gain another one now's our like time a for redemption
0: ketamine rave dancing grace kim and then we lose a church going one every week
1: so which one is it? Is this a ketamine, a rave going one or a church piano playing Grace Kim?
0: I, I have the vibe that this Grace Kim is like a very, um, like a intel intellectual, like professory person, but she has like those purple bangs. Do you know what I mean?
1: Oh, uh, I see. I see. I see.
0: Which is, I yeah. feel like that's what I said about all the other Grace Kims. But.
1: <laughs> 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 um... I'm going to guess this Grace Kim is, she's a nurse. Okay. (laughs) She's a nurse. Yeah. She used to be, used to be, uh, get blackout, Korean church, Grace Kim. Yeah. Then she became a nurse, has a wonderful family, and she tunes into our podcast as a way to get in touch with her chaotic roots.
0: Until, That's what until my guess this is. week, where she was like, How dare they?
1: <laughs> she's <laughs> probably the coolest person in the world. And she's like, fucking Young Me and Brian's guesses are so bad, I am unsubscribing immediately. <laughs> um, Grace, thank you so much for your donation. Are you ready for a second shout-out, Young Me? Yes. Second shout-out goes to one name, Mark.
0: This <laughs> 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 is like Okay, let me guess who this person is. His name is Bob. This is like literally could be anybody in the world.
1: That means it's a blank slate. We can be as imaginative as we want.
0: This is, I'm so obsessed with this thing, and all of my friends hate me so much for this. You know that movie that was like, there was this movie called The Room made by yeah, Tommy the, Wiseau. Tommy it was Wiseau like called, the, yeah, the worst movie. It's like the in worst the movie,
1: but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And do you remember that one scene where he's like, Oh, hi Mark. So I I feel like I always like remember that. So I think Mark looks like that. He's like a white guy with like nice flowy brown hair and he's like attractive.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, my guess for Mark is he is the only Asian guy at the Sigma Chi fraternity at his state college, but he's extremely Christian and so he secretly goes to Korean church service Sunday mornings because he doesn't want his white frat bros to know that he does Wait, that. Wait, isn't
0: there... I feel like those two things are not opposing personality traits. Like, you could be in a frat and be very Christian. I feel like those things go hand in hand.
1: But I feel Am like I if wrong? you're the only Asian in an all-white frat, mm. you you just deny your Asianness altogether. Right. You're yeah. like, yeah, it's because I got a small dick. I get it. Wow. What's up, Chad?
0: You're saying he's a self-hating Asian?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think I just did that. (laughs) We definitely lost. Hey, I can say that because I used to be and I still am a self-hating... That... Actually.
0: (laughs) That is a fact. If this is the first time listening to uh, our podcast, everyone... um, this is what we do. We try to lose Patreon subscribers one by one every episode. <laughs> All right. We lost um, Mark for sure. Who's who's the last person? Mark,
1: I I apologize. Okay. I am purely just projecting my own insecurities onto you. And uh, let's go with your guess, young me. <laughs> but thank you I'm for your donation. i Mark is a white
0: guy. I don't know any Asian men named Mark, but I
1: don't know. Well, Mark, DM us and let us know. And our last shout out for this episode Damn. goes to... Elizabeth Chun, I'm getting heavy. I'm getting heavy journalist vibes from Elizabeth Chun. Mm. She's on. She's on. She's on the ground asking the hard-hitting questions. Like super smart. They're wearing glasses. Was yeah. consistently the top of her class in school, and she will probably win a Pulitzer in the next ten years. I That's my guess like for Elizabeth Chun.
0: Everything we say is just like such a like an Asian stereotype. Like she's good at math. <sighs>
1: it's either that or we just alienate our patreon subscribers by calling them self-hating nations
0: we're doing we're doing we're doing the work i think it's called
1: (laughs) oh my gosh
0: Um, well thank you all for subscribing to our patreon You probably can't tell by the shout-outs, but we really do appreciate you, and we love every single one of you.
1: Please forgive us. We've been off our game. We're a little bit rusty with our shout-outs.
0: And before (laughs) we introduce our wonderful guest, which I'm so excited, who I'm so excited to introduce, I just want to say Mm -hmm. one thing. Today is Brian's birthday.
1: Oh, it is.
0: It's Brian's (laughs) second birthday in quarantine.
1: That is true.
0: (laughs) And I just want to say, Brian, happy birthday. Um, You're well into your thirties now. Um, Let's
1: keep this on theme. Please cut (laughs) deeper. Hurt my feelings even more.
0: (laughs) And you are the, the Aries King always yelling, but you know, never, never unjustly. I feel like you, you always have like a reason to be angry. (laughs)
1: Uh, this is very on-brand uh listeners i'll give you a little peek behind the curtain um to our wonderful guest who is on the sidelines waiting to be introduced young me uh introduced me to this guest as a huge tight ass that needs to loosen up so this is all (laughs) 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 so you know what, young me, I t- this is uh, these are all words of love. So thank you.
0: Well, happy birthday, Brian! And with that, I'm going to introduce our this week's guest. I'm so excited. Um, you might know her as uh, one of the contestants on RuPaul's Drag Race season 12, but more importantly, she was a former team member of Chili's. Everybody, <laughs> please give us your ears for Rock'em Sakura.
2: Hi everybody, it's me. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Most of you don't know, but my actual God-given name outside of drag is Grace Kim. <laughs> um, so that was me on
1: Patreon. Oh, thank you. Wow, you thank you for
0: that. <laughs> Are you going to take back your three dollars a month now? Because we we accused. You. I'm going
2: to up it to five dollars, <laughs> or they can take it oh, out wow, of my wallet. Wow. I'm going to make it zero. <laughs> yay we did it brian
1: i'm, I'm um, proud of us we can finally quit you guys this
2: truly made it this is the pinnacle of stardom for asian americans um right now in the podcast scene
0: five dollars right. a month from grace kim wow
1: <laughs> now i know um, what it feels like to be stephen young after his academy award nomination <laughs> that's right
0: <laughs> Um, we're so excited to have you, and we're so, we have I have so many things that I want to talk to you about today. Um, but before we get we get started, I wanted to ask Brian. Brian, how how are you feeling?
1: I feel really good. Um, usually on my birthday, I tend to get a little bit not sad, but uh, reflective. Forlorn. Yeah, that's you know what nostalgic. Yes, exactly. I get very nostalgic and. Uh last year I turned 30 and with that came like oh god the heaviness of like having to have my life in order and each year seems more I don't know like has a larger weight to it but um yeah I'm I'm, I'm really happy I have no complaints here you know I'm I'm looking forward to being able to spend my birthday later tonight with friends and you know this is my second birthday in quarantine and it definitely has um so much more optimism this go around Mm. because last year uh, we were like at the beginning of quarantine and i have all these things i'm looking forward to but instead what panned out was multiple existential crises and just a constant state of panic and anxiety and well here's the
2: thing if you did that <laughs> if you if you were able to go outside last year you would have still had that but in a bowling alley right, you know what I mean? right, right. <laughs> it's just an existential crisis at like a cheesecake factory you know right. um, so this year you get to have it in front of a mirror you get to cry oh i love it naked alone in the shower whatever and be vulnerable in the comfort of your own home and i think that's i think you should really count your blessings um, too um i had my birthday in quarantine last year too and i i uh wait no i didn't i did not i was in tour touring the uk so never mind <laughs> 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 um
1: wait when is your I got birthday to,
2: i got to see the world uh, october 6th so i'm a libra oh nice
1: oh nice
2: i don't i don't follow zodiac stuff okay. but sometimes people just like to hear it gay people love to hear it i don't know about asian people <laughs>
1: Um, Oh, we love it. We love it so much that we have our own. We have our own Zodiac.
2: (laughs) Do they like to know what year I was born? Asian people like to hear uh,
0: income bracket. (laughs) What what, what college did you go to?
2: Uh, none of the above <laughs> uh, Can I just zero. skip this?
0: <laughs> yeah, 40,000 to zero Less <laughs> This to zero Is there a negative bracket? Is that Does
2: that work? Is Have you ever heard of a, a community college In Santa Clara? Is, do you guys know that one? That's the bracket I'm in Oh my god, oh, really? I'm in the negative DeVry bracket
0: Because I know you live in San Francisco, right? Rock?
2: I actually moved to L.A. Oh, nice. Um, You you were talking earlier about The Room, and I was like, oh my god, Uh, I used to live in San Francisco, they filmed The Room in San Francisco. I know, I used Uh, to live there too. You and a lot of other people, that's why we're all rooting for me. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) So Brian, you're sorry, what were you going to say? No, go ahead,
2: no. I was going to ask how i was gonna ask how you're feeling but that's not that's not my part of the show i'm the guest here i just walked into your podcast with my shoes on
0: (laughs) you're doing a better job than i am you can take over
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was
1: gonna say this is the best episode we've had so far best 15 minutes of our of our podcast
0: (laughs) i feel so relaxed i'm like oh i don't have to do anything awesome i'm glad that you feel better brian i'm glad that you're in a better it definitely, I feel like it's definitely in the air. Everyone's like, we're about to be free. We're going to fuck. You know, like that's like definitely in the air.
1: 100%. 100%.
0: Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, young me, how are you feeling?
0: Um. Honestly, you know, we, I feel like as Asian Americans, we've had a really tough week. And we did like an episode already, Rock, about the shootings, which is going to come oh, out yeah. for us tomorrow, but it'll be out already by the time some uh, you're, you're all listening to this. Um, and I'm going to, I feel weird because it, it did affect me a lot and I felt really upset about it, which is understandable. And, um, but I did i did keep feeling and i still feel like this right now i still feel really stupid that i'm so emotional about it and i feel sort of embarrassed by my very big emotions which is something that we talk about on this podcast a lot i think a lot of asian people are taught to feel embarrassed and never really feel comfortable emoting in public Mm. um and i was very public with how i how bad i was feeling and um I'm still struggling so much with uh, the the embarrassing feeling of being Mm. so openly emotional, like online and, you know, and then, but the other side of that is like, I really need to speak out because I need you know, Asian people need to like voice our opinions because that's a big problem in this country. We feel like we hide everything. And when, when some things go wrong, we keep hiding it and pretending everything's okay. Cause we learned that from, you know, our parents, a lot of our parents who are immigrants and a lot of people who have immigrant parents are not Asian and they understand that, like, um, you know, the resiliency and to push on, but then, you know, we have been doing that for, you know, at this point, over a hundred years, like almost 200 years in this country, probably longer and look like it's just getting worse and worse and worse. So part of me is yeah. like, Oh, it's so embarrassing to be like upset and angry. And I feel like for, but Asian, feel, yeah.
1: but I feel like it feeds into each other right now. I mean, that's the state of being Asian American in this country is to feel almost invisible. And mm-hmm. I get where you're coming from because yeah, after within 48 hours of this horrible tragedy, there was this collective sense of empathy. Everyone knew why Asian Americans were so upset. And mm-hmm. then just as quickly within the next 48 hours, we're back to our regular scheduled Instagram posting, baby. Let's just forget. And like nothing ever happened. And as they like, for us, it hits very close to home. And so seeing that would piss, it like angers me and triggers me even more. So I get how like, it's this feedback loop for you where Mm -hmm. you're like, am I the only person seeing this? Like, how could you just go back to normal? Like this is ridiculous. The
2: real question part was going on Instagram and seeing all those yellow squares. Did you see that? I didn't see one yellow square. I did see one. It was like SpongeBob SquarePants in my whole goddamn feed. (laughs) Like,
0: what if I just post it on you guys? What if I just post a (laughs) yellow square? That's SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) <laughs> so
2: disrespectful like mocking those people
0: I um, mean yeah so then I, I I keep feeling like all my like friends who are not Asian are like how are you feeling and I'm like I'm really fucking upset and then I feel yeah. embarrassed yeah. that I said that. And then did, I'm did like, you guys be too? yeah. And Absolutely, I feel embarrassed yeah. that I said that. And then I also feel like they're going to judge me for being like this, like whiny, like this is all internal. Obviously no one's saying this to me, yeah. but I'm like, Oh, they probably yeah. think I'm just like this whiny little, like weak ass bitch. Cause I feel like that's stuff that we hear as like Asian children when we grow up, you know, like, stop fucking crying, yeah. you know? Well, yeah. that's
2: admirable that you, um, like, voice your feelings and are so loud about it, because the yeah. thing is that, with the, like, the model minority mm-hmm. myth, mm-hmm. you like, the model minority is, like, docile Asian, be quiet, yeah. you know, just let the racism happen, and also just Asian people in general are often associated with being that demure, like, um, like, take the abuse, um, like race of people. And the thing is that now people are uncomfortable because we're finally started, we're finally starting to speak out against racism. Yeah. Yeah. But Um, don't you think it's so crazy? But also with like black lives matter too. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely.
0: But don't you think it's so crazy that I, I, To be honest with you, I am feeling that I'm like being like, this is fucked up. This is not right. All of you guys say (laughs) weird jokes about Asians all the time. And this is fucked up. And I am feeling like this societal like pushback of like, ew, what are you doing? Like that sort of feeling from
2: people. Like what? right right. Why what? Why are you talking? We're gonna get that a lot. Yeah. You're gonna get that a lot, yeah, and yeah. that's just one of the things you kind of have to get comfortable with yeah. because we have to make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Because if we keep doing that kind of white acceptance, like go ahead, um, make all these jokes about us and small dicks yeah, yeah. and like uh, abacus and all this other shit yeah. and bowing and noodles, whatever then um, if we don't voice our distaste for that, then it's going to keep going on. It's going to keep appropriating. And then people are going to think it's it's okay, which it's not obviously because right. our community is under threat right now. Yeah. And it's those small types of, I mean like I, w- I don't even call them microaggressions. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're like macroaggressions. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> And you know, I just want to say um, just quickly before I ask you Rock, how you're feeling. Um, This is the, this is the thing that, It's such a baked in part of our society that I'm confused. Mm -hmm like there was this like comedian I don't know if you you probably don't follow a lot of comedians Brian and I uh, have a past in stand-up so we follow a lot of comedians Oh, funny, right? oh no no I'm just like because like
2: <laughs> they're like yeah, you know, I you know like what I mean guess. they're like I've never smiled before Yeah, you're, you're just so
0: you're so serious and boring um there's like comedy drama there's this comedian who tweeted against like Shane Gillis who's like old news I, I do not want to talk about him right now but like right she uh-huh. said something about oh you know like all these fuck the people always say these like anti- Jokes, and then look what happens, which is a good point. But then somebody like went into her tweets. She's a white person, and found really racist, anti-Asian, racist tweets that she tweeted like eight years ago or something, right?
1: Right, right. right. And then
0: and then she got canceled. And I was like, okay, okay, all right, uh, but all of you guys say jokes like this in twenty twenty one. Like why are you yeah. canceling this random white woman that tweeted one weird thing about eating cats in twenty twelve mm-hmm. when literally I hear every white person making this kind of joke today, like
2: for sure you know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. and also too, it's like we're canceling her today for a progressive tweet that she like she made a progressive tweet that was trying to help our community mm-hmm. Right. And then before she made, a racist tweet, which is kind of like um we're kind of ignoring the fact that people can grow and change and be swayed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um like by the times and by like like new social norms. <laughs> and um that's where it's like if she's speaking out against it regardless of whether or not it's performative allyship, yeah. It's yeah. Still it's it's still like uh allyship in some sense. Like to whoever it's reaching out there, yeah. it might even be Having a positive real effect on them. Yeah, that's yeah. So I think it's really important to understand that too. Exactly. Uh, that makes said, If she if she tweeted it last last week and then she said it, right? Um, or she said she said it right to like you know her boyfriend <laughs> and then she tweeted it right there. You know, that right. that's a different story. Right. Right. Totally. That's, um,
1: I mean, but I definitely
2: think that people can grow, uh, and change. Also, Absolutely. I have some
0: fucked up shit in 2012. Probably. I don't remember. I don't think I. I don't think I was really tweeting back oh, yeah. then, but I probably said some fucked up shit. I'm going to, I'm not be like completely honest. So.
1: I mean, there, there was a comedy writer who said like, it's a game where if you really wanted to cancel any entertainment figure, just go back to 20, between 2008 and 2012 and just type the word Asian. And the majority of them have probably at some point said some fucked up shit about Asian people. And yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and, well, and, and, yeah. and, you know, we went to that rally, um, the anti-Asian hate rally. And, Uh, To your point, Rock, like it's just, uh, it's a a sign of progress. It's a sign of growth. And, you know, in 2012, like no one was even paying notice or even cared about, Asian American issues we were the yeah. butt of everyone's joke and now yeah you know even at the rally it was a little, it was comforting to be around and to see so many allies and we're having conversations like this where people are realizing yeah. like it's fucked up it isn't okay to make fun of Asian people in this in this capacity or in this way and mm-hmm. our experiences mm-hmm. are just as valid as any other people's experiences so yeah I mean yeah it's great it's it, there's nuance but you know I'm I'm optimistic that this is growth, and hopefully, like going forward, we can use our platforms and our voices to keep the yeah. momentum going.
2: I'm really glad that you're optimistic about this growth, because I have a growth on my back, and I'm kind of
1: not optimistic about oh it. I, to,
2: I really have to get that out. Oh my so I'm God. Sure. <laughs> um, How are you feeling, around besides your opt <laughs> uh, I'm, well your growth. Like with, with that everything growth. that's been happening yeah. <laughs> especially with everything that's been happening in the last few weeks I feel good, I feel free, I feel supported, I feel like how Scarlett Johansson feels when she gets an Asian role, you know oh, just, I feel like that, I don't have a care in the world <laughs> and nothing's gonna bring
1: me down right now <laughs> she- oh, so you're feeling amazed, I want that confidence to just excel, call your agent and be like, you know what I'm going to take this role and I'm going to go to sleep well tonight <laughs> without thinking exactly. that I'm there's any repercussions. Like,
2: <laughs> that Lifetime movie about RuPaul, I want to play <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the kind of balls that I want. She, no, Scar- take that energy and go into 2021. <laughs> Scarlett cannot
0: wait until the RuPaul movie because then she can play Rakam Sakura or Kim Chi. She's like, well, you know, there's one name in the game and it's me.
2: Speaking of that, people always relate me to kimchi it's (gasps) ridiculous ever since i first
1: started oh we were gonna ask you oh you're gonna ask you about that well we can talk about
2: it now (laughs) um yes it happens so okay i'm gonna pretend like i didn't hear that i'm like so So for our listeners who aren't familiar who is
1: kimchi who is kimchi for our listeners who may not be familiar with the rupaul universe
2: so, um, for those of you guys that aren't familiar with RuPaul's Drag Race or drag queens in general, Kimchi is um, she was one of the top three contestants on season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race, um, which is a competition reality show that has drag queens competing against each other in various challenges, uh, runways, acting challenges, um, design challenges, um, and the winner of the competition gets hundred thousand dollars. It's a very big. Uh, drag is a very big phenomenon right now, and it's very, um, very much in the public I, Um, it's, it's gone from not, like, not mainstream to mainstream culture, and yeah. almost, like, uh, a big voice or, like, a big entity in the gay community. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, in the, in the queer community, and, um, yeah, so Kimchi was a contestant on that show. She's, um, a Korean um she's a korean drag queen who specializes in like graphic makeup she used to be um i think she used to be a graphic designer or a cartoonist like Mm -hmm. i can't remember she went to art school but most of her stuff is like very sleek and Mm avant-garde and um she's also known for having like a big liner like big black liner
1: Mm -hmm. got it
2: um that being said
1: (laughs) that being said um,
2: she is, uh, she is one of the show's more prominent Asian queens mm-hmm. who are in the public spotlight.
0: And so, when people are like interviewing you or discussing RuPaul's Drag Race with you, mm-hmm. she comes up a lot, is what I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, she, she literally to comes up every single time, like oh, no yeah. joke. And it's yeah. it's crazy to me because. My makeup is more reminiscent of Trisha mm, if yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Which is not. Um, <laughs> we just have lots and lots of uh, black eyeliner. But her name always pops up because mm. people don't know how to associate me with another person without right? it being Asian. If I had smaller makeup, they would say Juju B. Right. If I had like like really snatched makeup, it would be Plastic Tiara and um during the first few weeks of me entering the public eye i would get oh she looks like kimchi oh she looks like kimchi Mm. every single interview every single post i kind of i i went with it because i get it i can see it i get how people are ignorant in that way Mm -hmm. right um but it was literally happening every single (sighs) time
0: yeah it's so annoying well it's like it i think what you just said is a really important point it's like it's not even that you're denied. Maybe there are similarities in like the makeup style, but like what you mm-hmm. said, if it was like more like this, then you would be compared to another Asian person. You know what I mean? Like exactly. it's never it's never like your own thing. Um, right. It's this
2: thing, especially in the drag race fandom. You'll all when when people come out, they'll always be compared to another queen mm-hmm. unless you're white. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a black queen, you'll be compared to other pageant black girls. If you're Hispanic, you'll be compared to other. Hispanic girls or, you know, and, and, and it's it's so amazing to me that people don't understand that they're doing that. It's like when people try to relate to you when they're like, oh, what ethnicity are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm Filipino. Oh, I love Lupia. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right, Lupia right, has right. nothing to do with this conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. I get that they're also Filipino, but right. I'm not a food lady. <laughs> right. um, I feel like it's that same sort of so, um, yeah. Association where people just they don't know how right. to relate to you as yeah. a
1: human. A human being a you're like when, you're yeah. an idea first, you, and then you're a human.
0: When you call them out on things like that, like oh, it's weird how all Asian queens are compared to each other. They're like, that's not, that's not racist. What? Like they get so like <laughs> frazzled by that. And
2: then you quiz them and you say, give me three bullet points on why that is not racist. You have thirty minutes. There's <laughs> a Line paper in front of you. I want it uh, double spaced. College rule, okay.
0: Uh, no, it's like a, it's like the Z way thing. Name five Asian people.
2: Yeah, name. name five Asian people. How many
0: Asian friends do you have right now?
2: Yeah. yeah. His name do not end in Lee or Kim.
0: Great. How many Go. Asians do you know not named Grace Kim? Go. Go. Um, Amapina does not count. <laughs> <laughs> oh i like everybody it. knows aquapina go there, uh, when people are like oh i'm oh i'm filipino oh do you know lumpia it's like well the difference between me and lumpia is that that is a food i am a person <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: you haven't tasted me yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny yeah it's like those like subtle um things about race you know we love talking about that on this podcast obviously yeah but i can see how that gets annoying um so your drag persona i want to discuss this a little bit um and ask you what you you know like so you are filipino you're vietnamese um uh, so i'm filipino yep. vietnamese
2: mm-hmm. uh chinese japanese french and german oh wow um, you know, colonization
0: nice the french has <laughs> got in there huh the germans
2: yeah, exactly. got in a- there. You're yes, also, you're right also
1: French, Youngmi. Everybody's me. joining the colonization party. I'm also party. part
0: French and German.
2: Youngmi's
1: also part French.
2: They really. See, there you go. They, that, <laughs> we're related. They really uh, did For those remember. of you racist viewers watching, we're not related. That was a joke directed towards you guys. Thank you for being our patrons. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm so kidding. I
0: wanted to ask, what you know, like, what was the, what was like the process of you, um. Developing Rockam Sakura, like the like the persona.
2: Well, Rockham, Well, for me personally, I um I went to school for illustration uh-huh. and for uh, animation and uh,
0: Com- like we're talking about before. yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, for maybe shouts. my career didn't manifest exactly into what I wanted it to be, uh-huh. but I've always wanted, in some sense, to be involved in in like anime or mm-hmm. manga. And the best way that I could probably embody that, most people would say cosplay. I think differently. Mm. Um, I wanted to become an anime girl. So Rakam Sakura is my one-way isekai ticket into the anime universe. Mm. And um, Mm. she's kind of an embodiment of um, all of the ways that I have felt like I can't be an animated person in real life. Mm -hmm. So she's like very high animated graphic in your face and also just gay too because growing up there was not like everyone now on TikTok is invested in BL and boys love and like all this gay anime stuff but we Mm -hmm. didn't have all that when I was growing up okay Mm -hmm. we had our imaginations and And... no I'm not gonna say that but we had our (laughs) imaginations
0: we had our imaginations and we had time time on our hands time
2: that's so prolific. <laughs> Thank you. I that's, feel a great, smart just that's a great that.
1: euphemism. Catch all mm. time.
0: <laughs> um, do you? Has anyone ever like been weird about the fact that you are not Japanese, or has that, or you know, like, does that ever come up at all? Or
2: they ask me if I'm Japanese mm. a lot. And I mean, I guess my- you are partially Japanese. Yeah, I am partially Japanese, mm-hmm. and they ask me, um, like, are you Japanese, um, and to just avoid any, because I know what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're, right. they're trying to say, are you, are you actually Japanese, or are you just perpetuating, and my answer to them, they're like, how Japanese are you, and I'm like, enough. Like, honestly. And yeah. you know what? The people who always do that are always white people. <gasps> because they want to be wow. on the right side um, of social justice. Oh, oh interesting. You, you want to be on the right 80%. side of social justice so much, you're going to cancel a person of color. Yeah. That is such a double sided racist thing. Wow, interesting. That you do not even know
0: interesting. You're okay. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, I mean, I, I do get that because I'm biracial. I do get that a little bit. Um, I get that actually a lot now, recently. I've been right. kind of bombard, bombarded by, like, a lot from like Asian men, but I think it's because maybe that's like I'm more of a target for like straight cis Asian men. You know what I mean? Because I'm like mm-hmm. straight presenting like cis Asian woman, um, and right. I do get I do get that a lot. Like about I'm not Korean enough to talk about Korea. You know?
2: Oh, so- I got that a lot as a kid too. Oh, really? That was crazy. Because growing up Filipino, yeah. I was never Filipino enough, mm. and uh, I would always get made fun of. By my relatives mm. for being um, mm. partially Vietnamese. like they would, wow. they would, they would call me. I don't know if I say on the podcast, but you know the c word and everything. Oh, so
0: what's the c word? Yeah, what? You
2: have, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> What is that like Okay. Um, but um, it's—I find it really amazing because, for me, my perspective as a Filipino and Vietnamese person uh-huh. is that a lot of Filipino people will pick and choose when they want to be Asian and when they want to be Pacific Islander. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it. it for me growing up with that kind of like I already have had self-hatred for being gay and then the filipino self-hatred kind of came
1: uh, mm. naturally
2: with time um thanks to my relatives so wow. that's wow. why i'm not like running around being like oh filipino pride every time you know mm. Filipino mm. people who run around with the flags everywhere we're like now ah, you eat a <laughs> um i'm not like that a lot um i was very ostracized by my family right um by like my Filipino side and I never knew my Vietnamese side. So another mm. thing too, with my drag characters, I was raised by television. I was right. raised by television and kind of the perception that I had of myself as an Asian person did come from Asian cartoons and anime.
1: Right.
0: That's so interesting. I feel like the, the thing for people that are like mixed, the role that the, your family plays in that, mm-hmm. and like how you develop your identity is so important. And I feel like we've never really discussed that on the show.
2: Well, it's interesting because I was telling you earlier that I have uh, half siblings. Right. Mm. Uh, all of my siblings are half siblings, and all of my other siblings are completely um, either Filipino or completely Vietnamese. Mm. So I kind of have this unique identity within my whole family. So I have like a, a very odd uh, relationship with being Asian.
1: Right. Right. And, um,
2: which was why when I made I made a tweet earlier this week. I know we're going to talk about it later. Um, I felt it was really important for me to finally say something and speak up about what happened because before I was like, I don't know if I'm, I was perpetuating that same thing that happens to you, the same thing happens to me. Am I Asian enough Mm. to talk on subjects like this? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, because I experienced the Mm. Asian American experience, um, the same as other people or like, like differently than other people, but I still experience it. Mm. Right.
0: So the tweet that you just brought up um, was what was the reason that I initially reached out to you. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw, but I saw your tweet. Now, I think that was the day after the shooting or two days after the shooting. Um, and I my reaction to when I heard the shooting was sort of similar to yours, which is I have a past where I was involved in sex work. But up to this day, I've told Brian about this privately, but up to this mm-hmm. day, I never discussed it on the podcast. Um, I never discussed it with most of my friends. I have an ex-husband that we were married for 10 years. I never told him. Um, and then my I had a very strong reaction to the shootings where I felt like I really needed to say it out loud.
1: For our listeners who aren't on Twitter, um, Rock, would you mind summarizing what it is that you tweeted and like where that came from? <laughs>
2: Okay, so, um, the day after, um, the shooting, uh, I made a tweet and I thought it was really important that I made this tweet. Specifically, I thought this was, um, I thought, uh, this was an opportunity for me to kind of make a tweet that would, um, impact a lot of people because the, the shooting specifically impacted me, um, especially because it was targeted, like, targeted towards Asian sex workers. So I made a tweet that, um, basically, uh, I came out as a sex worker with my past, you know, it's something that I've been like keeping secret from the public eye. I've been on TV for, I've been on TV like a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. and it was something that was weighing on my chest and Mm -hmm. I thought it was really important to come out because people needed to see that, um, it, it wasn't just... That it was like people that happened to be Asian in, you know, another state or something like that. These are people who were targeted specifically because they were Asian and sex workers. And um from my perspective, it could have easily been me. It could have easily been someone that you know and love that has not this um, glows their sex work past. And I really wanted to just, I thought it was important to come out and say it because um, sometimes you need a face or someone familiar or a public figure to kind of put a put a face to and um, get that perspective. Mm. Um, and I also, in the tweet, I talked a little bit about how I felt. Like I would be ostracized or blacklisted from future projects Mm. because uh of coming out as a sex work because it's so stigmatized in the public yeah um
1: i wasn't and
2: and and truly truly if you guys haven't seen the the post it has had nothing but resounding Mm. positivity Mm -hmm. Mm. around it i did not expect that fully i said in the tweet i'm fully ready to be canceled i'm fully ready to like have everyone just not want to talk to me anymore but I felt like it was really just important to come out and, um, to to say that, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I was extremely moved and you did like state all of your fears, you know, professional fears, um, as a source of the reason why you haven't discussed this previously. But for me, like I couldn't even really, I don't really even know why I've never talked about it because I am, you know, um, I don't really fear anything happening to me. You know, I'm not really in the public eye, obviously as much as you are, Mm -hmm. but like, I couldn't really pinpoint what the, what I was afraid of, like why I hadn't discussed it. So,
2: well, and that's also your prerogative too. If you don't need to, like you, you don't need to discuss your sex work past or disclose it. Mm -hmm. If you don't have to like, like honestly, like people, people say that all the time. Like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Mm -hmm. And it's like, what I disclose to Mm -hmm. you is what I feel comfortable disclosing to Mm -hmm. you. And I don't have to disclose everything. I I don't have to, I don't have to tell you that like in the fourth grade, I cut myself and got a scar on my left Mm -hmm. leg. You know what I mean? Like it's not important. I don't have to say that to you. And um, it's another thing is that people always feel like they own your body. They own the rights to know you, you know, all the information. Um, As much as I say, you should feel empowered to be, and talk about your sex work yeah you should also feel empowered to let your business be your own business yeah. but like right like de- destigmatize sex work i'm i like for this being your first time saying it on the podcast mm-hmm. like i'm really proud of you
0: oh i mean i did say it last week you know when we you did we recorded, yeah which is coming out tomorrow
2: oh okay so, good.
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah so um but i didn't say it until i s- until this happened and for some reason I had the same reaction that you did I was like I need to tell everybody you know for some reason it really it makes me feel like I think there's this uh, idea in this country that sex workers like the massage parlor the women that work there are just like these like throwaway people that don't speak English and you make fun of them and you do the happy ending jokes and Mm -hmm. I'm like that's you know they don't deserve that they're just working hard and we shouldn't look at them like that yeah and I think I was like hoping that that humanity would be extended to them.
1: Yeah. I just want to say that what you did is a really brave thing and I, I totally empathize and I understand that there's a lot of fear and anxiety that comes with like the fucked up societal taboo that comes with sex work. And, uh, I'm sure there are people who saw those tweets and saw your message and felt a sense of comfort and, um, empowerment through it and, on your end um, what was that like because you said you weren't you did this because you just had to get it off your chest you weren't sure how it was oh going God, to be met yeah
2: beating at me so much like literally like so 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 much when I was on Drag Race mm-hmm. um, yeah. they were like uh, I remember RuPaul coming to the workroom they didn't show it before but they were like oh you got uh, a lot of muscles like why do you need um, I heard that you're um, a muscle queen like uh, why, yeah. why do you present this way and I wanted to say, because I touch weenies, and it helps me touch more weenies and make more money, yeah. um, but I couldn't say that. So, uh, I was like, I said something so, I was like, so that I can present myself as, like, a good-looking man, just like you, Paul, and I remember saying that, and I was like, it's because I touch weenies! It's because I'm a weenie. sucker. I just wanted to scream that. <laughs> um, but I could not so. Um, right, right. And, and it was one of those things where it's like I was distancing myself as a person and as a performer away yeah. from my sex life because yeah. I was so I was uh, honestly, I was so afraid that if people even thought about me in a sexual way or related to me it, mm. it, in that sort of way that it would reveal the past and how I get outed or something yeah. um, mm. that it was gonna take all these opportunities that I had worked so hard for with something that was a necessity in order mm-hmm. to get me here. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. yeah. And, and I've never like, I've always been like pro sex worker mm-hmm. uh, pro sex work.
0: Yeah, me um, too. That's why it's so and confusing. It's so, to
2: voice your yeah. so when you yeah. go yeah. public and you go so into cool a platform, cool. cause you're, you're worried about how people are going to react to you or view you. You're like, mm-hmm. um, for me, it was sometimes it was like, oh what if my mom sees this like I just start she just got sober and she just started Mm. getting into a relationship with me I don't want to lose that again Mm. But um I also when I read the tweet I didn't care because Mm. I me and my mom had a had a past we we just cut each other out of our lives but Mm. we made up eventually and if I can do it once I can do it again
0: can I ask you a little bit about your mom I know this is a it's i know it's a very serious topic but just because i remember on the show you discuss your mom a little bit um
2: yeah so i, I talked about her on the show on my time on my short run on the show mm-hmm. um my a lot of what my mom has done during our during my childhood has really affected me my mother for most of my childhood was addicted to crystal meth mm-hmm. and like hardcore drugs mm-hmm. and like partying and all this stuff and not partying but like just crystal meth And so, um, she used to, um, one of the highlights of kind of not highlight, I would say like a low light, low point of our relationship, but she would blame her drug abuse on me or on her children. And she would say like, oh, I do drugs because of you. And, um, it kind of worked my self view a lot. So I had a lot of like self-worth issues and, um, I have a hard time like being in leadership roles mm-hmm. where I may or may not lead other people to fail. So it's mm-hmm. like a self-perpetuating cycle. But, um, yeah, my, my mother recently became sober, uh, like completely sober. Like she was sober before, but she was like kind of teetering on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, her, she, uh, needed a place to stay for a bit in San Francisco. While she was looking for a job mm-hmm. and, um, she had just had a stroke. Oh, so no. she almost she almost well, she almost died one, and two, she almost was never <laughs> able to speak properly again. Mm-hmm. So um, we had kind of a stroke scare, and that was because of drugs as well. Mm-hmm. And um, me and my mother, long story short is we mended our relationship through that time that she spent with me because I was like, oh, we're never gonna be able to talk like like normal people ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that time, she stayed with me. we um, we got really close, and this is the first time I've ever been able to talk to her as like, a person I don't know if you guys can understand like what I'm like like for, for those of you who are watching who are uh, who have parents who are who are sober but have been doing drugs before it's interesting having a coherent conversation with your parents because these last two years oh I just hit the microphone these like, the last two <laughs> years are the first time wh- where I feel like I've actually been able to talk to my mother as a person like she's there mm. like Mm-hmm. like it's it's strange like i it's so weird I, up until that point i've mm-hmm. never thought i could have a coherent conversation with my mom mm. it was
0: just,
2: yeah so that's the background <laughs> of
0: my mom. right yeah i remember watching that episode and i thought i thought that was a very uh very thoughtful like way that you uh, recognize that in yourself you were like this sort of situation makes me uncomfortable because my childhood my mom and what she said and I'm uncomfortable being the the leader because I don't want to like fail and be responsible you know yeah I think we just said about my dad has like I, you know he's never been diagnosed as an alcoholic but he definitely does drink heavily and I I have like these it's weird with alcoholism I think because like in the morning he's sober and I'll like have Mm. these like wonderful conversations with him and he's like just sweet gentle like like what you were saying like a coherent conversation and then he'll start drinking and it's just like he's not even there like he's gone you know Yeah,
2: uh, yeah alcoholism people don't talk about it as I mean like I feel like people do talk about alcoholism, but I feel like it's so easy for people to be like, oh, that's just daddy likes to drink. Or right, right. Like, um, and, and people don't understand what kind of precautions it has on your relationships with them. Yeah. Um, most of the time, it's because the alcohol is winning or, you know, the drugs are winning.
0: I was going to say, I think your story and your personality, for me, I just see, not to sound like, the joy luck club or something but i just feel like what i'm hearing is like the resiliency of you know asian americans and coming from you know like our parents who are immigrants and like i don't know if your mom or dad are were immigrants my mom just came from the
2: philippines right mm. and my dad also just came from vietnam right, right. so they're both yeah
0: and like just like the resiliency of the immigrant like spirit and like that's passed down to us you know like I feel like you are um just like your personality you're just very strong and you're very funny and like you have the strength and I feel like that is very familiar to me you know
2: part of it too is um we have two options as Mm. well obviously we have more than two options But, um, for me, it's like, I feel like we have two options as Asian Americans or growing up with Asian parents. We have the path of being docile Mm. and going with the system that's presented in front of us. I did not grow up in an ideal living situation. So everything that I was taught about being docile and going with the system got thrown out the window, especially with being gay too. Mm. Mm. It was, um, it turned into a kind of message to me growing up, um, my parents upbringing and like, here's the thing. i learned a lot from my parents. Yeah. I learned as much as they were not there for me and they were not coherent and they were like high all the time. I learned a lot and I learned a lot about resiliency and I learned a lot about determination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's something that we can take like as Asian Americans too. Like we cannot... we we can't just take this system that has been put in front of us. We can't be the model minority, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's funny because sometimes the resilience, I have to be honest, um, it doesn't feel like it manifests until you're older, until you can understand and compartmentalize because Mm -hmm. until now I didn't realize I was perpetuating this kind of docile kind of go with everything Mm -hmm. mentality. When it came to like speaking about the shootings, I felt I felt guilty and I felt selfish and I was like, do I speak on this? And that
1: those are things we have to unlearn. Right, right, right. That's such a great point. Yeah. Cause I mean, to young me's point, like, you know, hearing about your story and your upbringing, all I see is, is it's just a story of resiliency because you have experienced so much adversity. And mm-hmm. even though you don't feel this way that you are like a leader and you are a voice and you are a role model for a lot of younger Asian Americans. And, um, we get a lot of messages from listeners who, uh, in particular, they ask for advice in regards mm-hmm. to their relationships with their parents and how they don't understand me. It's so toxic. How do I, what should I do? And I, f- for those people who ask us those questions, I want to ask on behalf of them, um, Rock, like what helped you in, uh, being able to amend your relationship with your mother after all that time away and to to show more compassion to her
2: so um for me my journey was as a gay person especially you know i left the house when i was 15 and i was homeless for about a year yeah so um i kind of was just like i don't need i don't need this i don't need your rules i don't care Mm. how like not not your rules but i don't need like um this type of lifestyle and um i cut my mom out of my life let's say i was 16. i cut my mom out of my life for like maybe four or five years Wow! and um when I finally started to uh get into a relationship with her it was always toxic it was always like oh give me money Mm. oh you're you're my son do what I say and it's like Mm. these things that um especially like parents just don't understand that like I'm not your I'm not going to be your kid and you can't tell me what to do Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so I got my mom out of my life again Mm. And, um, and, and she, she had relapsed and that's why I cut her out because I couldn't take the toxicity. Yeah. And part of it was I had to let my mom come to her own conclusion that she needed to have a relationship with me after she had, well, after she had a stroke, mm-hmm. I, I did reach out to her and say, Hey, come stay with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because we kind of need to foster this relationship. Um, that that's my journey. That's a unique journey. But for those of you who want to, who don't want to have these toxic relationships with your parents, Mm. sometimes like, I I, I hate to say it, but sometimes you're going to have to cut them out for a little bit Mm -hmm. and just, um, wait for them to come to their own conclusions. But you need to focus on you and your safety because as much as you love family, people love to say blood blood is thicker than Mm -hmm. water. Um, it's not, it's not gonna like, it's not going to do you any good if you're unhappy, you know? Yeah. Um you can't just sacrifice everything that like all of your happiness for your family like and and for things that you don't ask for. Yeah. Uh, my my advice to you is, is let your parents like seek out a relationship with you and don't also don't try to seek out something that they're not willing to give. Mm. So if you're looking mm. for validation and love and acceptance and they're not willing to give that to you um don't try, don't try to get it from them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, let them, let them understand that they need to give it to you.
0: Also, you know, as much as I really love being Asian and I love the culture and, you know, the being close to your family, etc. I think there is, there is a lot of, um, in a lot of Asian cultures, there is a lot of like putting your parents before yourself and mm-hmm. that, that's one aspect of our culture that we really need to like, uh, just look at and yeah, exactly. Mm. Like, and, and unlearn the parts that are damaging to yourself. Like, yes, there is something very important about putting elders in your family before you, but if, if you're in a situation where, you know, like you have a mother or a parent that's an addict or toxic or abusive, like you can't just, you can't just do that till the end. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to draw the line somewhere and see what's not going to work for you as an individual. So yeah. Right. You have to
2: unlearn like faithfulness because of family, but Mm. you have to also learn, um, you also have to learn safety in, Mm -hmm. in yourself. You have to keep yourself safe because if you, if you keep these ideals in mind and you're not happy and they torture you and they ruin your life, Mm -hmm. then uh, that's, your like that's perpetuating abuse and mm-hmm. that's giving a free pass to abuse. And mm. yeah. like, literally like, that's why y'all need it. Everyone should just grow up gay.
0: Everyone <laughs> should grow is, up gay.
2: No more it here, it goes,
0: No more heterosexuality. <laughs> everyone, it's toxic and it's hurting all of us. You just have to come
2: out. Yeah. And then like, because that's the thing is that when, when gay people come out, yeah. they have to have this experience um, with their parents where they have to learn to want to give you love and kindness and Mm -hmm. understanding and compassion Mm -hmm. and parents learn that if I want something from my child Mm -hmm. like love and compassion and a relationship with them I have to give something I have to support them
0: Mm -hmm. that's such a good point it's not just
2: because I did a a somersault out your hoo-ha that you know that you deserve anything I didn't ask for some guidance (laughs) you know put baby gravy in you that's not I was not there just I'm just, just, your, there for the first I'm just part. your grown up compat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that that's a good point because, like, when, you know, for most people who are gay, um, they have to have this, like, confrontation with their parents and be and be ready right. to be like this is who I am so you gotta leave I, I'm gonna leave or you have to grow up you know like that which a lot of other Asian people right. don't really if you're straight you don't really necessarily have to do that so it's a really good point.
2: Sometimes we also just have to understand people's love languages too because yeah. you know Asian people you know they uh, parents might not hug us but god damn if they love to give us food <laughs> <laughs> um, that's way of saying I love you but uh, another point is like You know, with people wanting to value tradition, especially in, like, Asian households, it's like, it's tradition to, like, value your parents, it's tradition to this, it's tradition to that, it's our culture. Cultures grow and change and evolve every time, and people don't realize that, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Our culture and identity as Asian people is not going to change because we're adapting new ideals Mm -hmm. in 2021. Right. And becoming better more efficient stronger people not to be not to beat around the asian stereotype but oh. you guys want to be more efficient yeah and you know don't we want to be a little bit more like practical in the way that we do things so don't you want to make more money say, we might all save ourselves as a community a couple thousand dollars on therapy There we go if savings we do things yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a good
0: point. Like how cult- people think that there's like a set rule and we all have to follow it. But the truth is culture is us. We are culture. We're, yeah. it's a living thing. It's like how the dictionary yeah. people think that there's like somebody out there writing the dictionary, but actually the people that write it are people that test and listen to what people say. And then they change the dictionary. It's like oh, the opposite of point. what people think. Yeah. So Rockham Sakura said that all Asians should be gay. And that's what we should do <laughs> yeah. moving forward for our culture.
1: That is and the I, new yeah. Asian culture and it's happening as that, we speak the rules are.
2: The rules are. Take off your shoes before you enter my house. Two. Be gay. <laughs> and three is just 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 let Scarlett Johansson have the roles. You know, she's she's going to fight keep, it. Don't fight it. It's <laughs> That's the only thing we just. It's
1: not worth the trouble. It's not worth it. Let's just try she to get. She is it.
2: the best act Asian actor. <laughs> Let her have it. Can just you guys imagine on Drag Race me doing we oh do this thing called snatch game where yeah. we play celebrities? What if I did Scarlett Johansson flip the script? Oh.
0: And then you just came out I with dig nothing it. changed, like just just you. It's just like the same, dressed differently.
1: <laughs> Rock, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast <laughs> and. Uh, being so vulnerable with us. And, you know, before we let you go, what is something that you're proud of?
2: My 15 inch cop, no, um, <laughs> I would have to say uh, there's something that I'm really proud of. It's, um, I think, uh, especially with everything now, I'd say it's my freedom to talk about um, everything in my life right now. I'm very, uh, very, very proud of that right now, of being candid and open with my past. And um, it's, it's something that I, for a long time, have wanted to have pride in. So, mm-hmm. um, besides that, my 15-inch Rainbow Delto collection in my room. You know, those two things. You know, it's, I, I can never tell which one's number one, but I think the, the first one rather than the latter neck and neck neck and neck there
0: we go well thank you so much for joining us that was so great I'm so excited um and I'm just very um honored and thankful that you taught you were you know willing to talk about all these things because a lot of them were very difficult things and I know that some of those topics that we discussed today have been you know weighing heavily on you like you said and it was such a great conversation and i'm sure that you know a lot of people are gonna hear your story and be very inspired so thank you so much for being here
1: where where can our listeners find you and your work rock oh thank
2: you i am um, glad this question is unprovoked uh, <laughs> if you guys want to support me on uh, social medias, it's at Rockham Soccer on Twitter, Instagram, and I also have a YouTube channel where I do makeup recreations, mukbangs, all this other debauchery. I just like eating, farting, putting on makeup, and I'm also on TikTok, which is at Rockham soccer too. That's where I post all my bullshit stuff with stuff that like is really bad and. I really encourage you to go watch it because it's, it's not good, but you'll follow, you'll, you'll see. <laughs> like
0: the room, the room. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to work season, girl, okay. girl. Okay.
2: Uh, and last but not least, if you would like to get your own personalized message from me, I am on Cameo. That's cameo.com slash I can do your own personal message for birthdays, um, motivational messages for loved ones. If you want me to call out a teacher or, Tell someone that you quit the job. Um, I've done that before, yeah. So, oh my gosh. $25 and she quit. She messaged me too. She was like, I quit my fucking job next to you. And I was like, yes, bitch, work. It's like I going to sit on the camera. Um, but yeah, so if you want something like that, something chaotic and crazy, or if you want something that is personal and um, motivational, I can do both. I have range people.
0: How about you, Brian? Where can our listeners find you on social media?
1: You guys can find me on socials at it's Brian Park. And what about you, Young Me? Y
0: well, M Mayor, and I have a TikTok. It's Young Me Mayor, and then of course our podcast uh, Instagram is Feeling Asian Podcast, and we have a TikTok now, Feeling Asian Podcast
1: podcast where,
0: <laughs> <laughs> where I upload um, exclusive clips. So please follow us there.
1: And also, if you're looking for a talented sound engineer for your audio-related projects, please hit up Sarah Pack on Instagram at I-M underscore P-A-K-T. That is at impact. And once again, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. And please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And that's it, guys. Take care. Stay safe. Bye.